Hello, everyone, and we welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. Our subject today is Christ Jesus, and we are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, United States of America. And thank you all for joining us. And we will start today with our morning prayer. I'm reading from page 93 of uh, Divinity Course in General Collectania. Just a small excerpt from there, and uh, 223 of Miscellaneous Rites. <laughs> Jesus proved that what he knew was the Christ, was the presence and power of God. Love is wisdom, and without wisdom there is no love. May divine love so permeate the affections of all those who have named the name of the Christ in its fullest sense, that no counteracting influence can hinder their growth or taint their examples. Mary Baker Eddy. Beautiful, thank you. You have to have wisdom with love. All right, watching point. Watch number 192. Watch lest when you do not meet a case, you assume that you need more scientific and more complicated tools rather than a more effectual use of the simple ones which science has already furnished you. If we could have peered into the thought of the master and seen how he worked, we probably would have been surprised at the simplicity of his scientific thought and the simple declarations he used. We should realize that the tools we have been given are sufficient for every need. Just the simple facts of being which science and health teaches, with which we are, we are already familiar. If a case does not yield, what is the trouble? Jesus' skill as a metaphysician lay in his ability to apply just the right tool to the right place to resolve every problem into a form which could easily be met through the primitive rules of Christian science. He had a simple faith, yet with it he could move mountains of belief. Remember that there is always a vulnerable point in error and spiritual perception will enable you to find it in each case. Then your simple tools will be found adequate. End quote. Thank you. Okay, comments. Oh, I just loved you had a simple faith that moved mountains of belief. <laughs> I, did, I just <laughs> underline that. I know that's wonderful because that's all it is, is. It seems mountainous, but it's mountains of belief. It's just belief and they have to come tumbling down. Anyone else? The the part where it says to resolve every problem into a form which could easily be met through the primitive rules of Christian science reminded me of how watching has been for me. You know, when there's these big problems, we have watching and we can use that to see that it's nothing, that God is in control and get the peace back. And I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. And that means 
that you did a good watch when it happens that way. <laughs> yes, thank God for peace. <laughs> yeah. And my goodness, right now, today, I, I don't know if these aren't the latter days, I'm not sure what is, because every, every report, everything. And so we stand strong in this truth and know we are dealing with mesmerism, with beliefs, and they will come toppling down. Florence? Yeah, I think uh, what Eustace talks about, uh, well, that's what Mrs. Hedy's message, to see every discord, every discord. Um, sometimes some of them come in such ways that it, we believe in it, and, and that's really all. Um, if we see every discord, every discomfort, every uh, inharmony as animal magnetism and, and keep it there, then we are able to see God's allness, which of course means that all is good. Even the Thanks. evil appears, we can turn around. And and these are these are all the ways that, that the Christ Christ Jesus healed the sick and the sinner. Yeah. Well, Lawrence? No, yes, I'm agreeing with you. Absolutely. So well, Gary, Gary was commenting what a good article by Eustace is on the carousel. You can read an excerpt. Or... Yeah, we got an excerpt from Eustace um, entitled, What Constitutes Being Awake to Evil's Claims? And this is uh, featured on our website right now. And uh, I quote <clears throat> Eustace, Science and health declares more than profession is requisite for Christian demonstration. <laughs> To be an alert Christian scientist is not easy. It requires the same quality of earnestness and sacrifice which success in any line of work demands. First comes consecration, willingness to forsake the ease of material sense for the attainment of the goal. And secondly, perseverance, which never ceases working until the goal is attained. In Christian science, moral as well as physical courage is required. Science and Health says it requires courage to utter truth. At times, it also requires tremendous so-called physical courage to meet the lies of material sense when it declares pain, suffering, and anguish to be real and true. But every Christian scientist has learned with joy that when he stands unflinchingly on what he knows is true, the reward is great. He also knows that sooner or later every question must be settled on the side of right, and that regardless of the degree of moral and physical courage required, the present test do not become lighter to the one who puts off doing the thing he knows is right. The old saying, procrastination is the thief of time, is truer, perhaps, in the practice and demonstration of Christian science than in any other activity. The Christian scientist is actively about his father's business. He is wide awake to the fact that evil ever keeps pace with good, and he acts accordingly. He is not hurried, but...
but to him, every hour is valuable. Because God is constantly unfolding to his own idea, the infinity of good, the wise man does not miss this wondrous unfoldment. If the practice of Christian science takes a full measure of physical and moral courage, it is worth it. Then give it your all. Mrs. Eddy expresses exactly what constitutes Christian science and what makes a Christian scientist in her clear statement in miscellany, quote, to live so as to keep human consciousness in constant relation with the divine, the spiritual, and the eternal, is to individualize infinite power. And this is Christian science, end quote. That is just, what a superb article. Yeah, I thought the same. Yes. And it talks about the physical courage, doesn't it? Because sometimes when all oh, that happens, people, oh my gosh, they just give up the ghost, so to speak. You, you gotta keep, you gotta keep going. The spiritual. Who is that? Oh, was Grid. What? I was in Grid. Well, um, yeah, you've got to, you've got to have this courage. This is why the story of the the ten virgins last week. It's, you've got to have this consecration day by day. And to me, the midnight hour is when you haven't done your work. You haven't done your work. And then at the last minute, help, help. Oh, my gosh, save me. Well, nobody wants to get to that midnight hour, please. And none of you listening here should. If you're, if you're working this truth, this truth must be worked. You've got to work it. And, and Eustace shows clearly what it is about and you know that was florence's testimony wednesday night her physical courage at that point right florence to yeah absolutely um all kinds of thoughts kept coming you know to make it uh, make it oh you know <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i know i know what i i had to do um and again it's because of many years of this learning it, learning it and using it so that it's finally your own or it's your own and you're still learning more. But at least the, the simple truths are ready uh, to be used. And that's what I did, I think. Yes. And it never fails to work. But the more you use it, the more you work it, the more faith you have and the more undismayed you are when you confront the errors, all these errors that are going on right now in, in, in our world. So, um, and yes, it's just a simple truth. Now, one of the simple truths that I particularly love was in the lesson this week, number 12 in Science and Health, that Jesus beheld in science the perfect man who appeared to him where sinning mortal man appears to mortals. <laughs> this perfect man, the Savior, saw God's own likeness. This is a simple truth of how Christ Jesus healed. Just take that one thought. Apply it to yourself. Apply it to others. He saw past the lie. And he saw the perfect man. And that's what healed. Healed. 
in Mrs. Uh, Wilcox's article, Deflection, in our book, Association Addresses, she says, deflection results when the true appearance of, of the actual man is turned aside or deviated by thought, passing through a mind unillumined by truth. This deviation of thought causes the actual man at hand to appear as a sinning mortal man. The actual man is not changed, but his actuality is seen in reversion or as deflection. And then personality. And personality is this belief that you have a, a life and a personal personality apart from God. It's not your individuality. It's your so-called personality which is, again, false belief. It's not the truth. Maybe you're stubborn or you're like your Aunt Tilly or whoever, whatever else. So Arthur Wilcox says, personality is neither life nor intelligence. It is a mere ghost or shadow, and, and we should behold actual life and intelligence as mind's own omnipresence, where the ghost or shadow seems to be. Even though with our outer eyes we see personal man, the untrue image, with our inner spiritual vision we are to behold the actual man, the perfect man that Jesus beheld. With our spiritual thought we are to look through deflection or the illusion of matter and behold the perfect idea of divine intelligence. Mrs. Eddy once went to call on a patient after she had looked at the sick man, she turned away and went to the window and looked out, saying, quote, Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me for looking at matter, unquote. The patient was instantly healed. If we see matter as anything other than a deflection of actual man, hence non-existence, non-existent, we are not practicing the laws of divine science. So, this is a simple truth that you can work with. And this is what the watching point is saying. And this is how Christ Jesus healed these simple truths of the Bible and the key to the scripture, science and health by Mary Baker Eddy. Take those truths and yield them, work with them. It also says in the lesson that, um, Who is ready to follow his teaching and example, the Christ's? All must sooner or later plant themselves in Christ, the true idea of God. We've all got to do this work. Everybody. Too much relying on other people and a, on a practitioner is not good. You've got to do your own work. You've got to strengthen your, your own understanding, your own faith. Lawrence, you were, I know you wanted to speak to this, too. Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, over, over the years, I think it's really trusting, having faith in the truth that you are shared with you. You know, it's no use if you're still doubting and you're still always questioning and all that. I mean, it, it never will be right. It, it's a science. We... we I think a few weeks ago, the round table, we talked about that too. It's a science. We are obeying the principle of it. And that principle is perfection. 
Oh, he has made us in his image and likeness. So we just have to, you know, practice with the trials that come mm-hmm. until we know it. We we have it that uh, perfection is what we know is real. Perfection alone is real. And therefore, uh, we work from that standpoint. Thank you. No. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't call a practitioner. If you need to, of course you should. You absolutely should. But it doesn't mean that you just think, well, you can just coast while the practitioner does all the work. That's that's not. That doesn't work. That does not work. Hello? That's why when you when you're in pain or in anguish, you shout even louder than the pain. I am God's perfect child. I am his image and likeness. This is this illusion of pain is not God, is not from God, is not part of his image and likeness. I mean you shout you shout louder, and you shout louder until you reach the inner peace that knows that what you're shouting is true. And when you've gotten to that point, you're healed. And the pain cannot prevent you from doing what God has for you to do. Whether the pain disappears or not at that point is irrelevant. But often it will disappear. It will, it will eventually it will. disappear. Yes. Exactly. I mean, I know those of us up here, there have been many times I've been in very much pain. But I get up and do what I need to do. And I do, as Gary said, you shout back at it. And it does go. I approved it over and over and over. And it's much better to be instant in truth that error is always too late. Don't wait till it goes on and on and on and have this continual discussion with it. Take it out right away. Hello. (laughs) Yes, it's a wonderful point by Eustace, who was excommunicated, by the way. Who else was trying to speak now? Me. This is Ingrid in Los Angeles. Yes. Thank you so much for bringing this point about the practitioners. I think it's so important sometimes. We hear the testimonies and it's all right away. You know, I, I I thought this and I called my practitioner. And it's like, yeah, so much reliance in, in humans. Uh, thank you so much for bringing this point. It's so important. It's very, and, uh, very, very important. Sometimes it's like uh, for new people, it will seem like, like we have, you know, God. The practitioners are God and they they will compare it to like the priest or you know all this stuff so i i just really want to say thank you for bringing that and we have to be so careful with that especially for the new people and also i wanted to say that there's a great article in the great uh in the great website that is called death overcome and that's just the, one of the greatest things i have heard to quiet that voice and all the struggle that he had because he knew that he could quiet that voice and all what it says is just the best thing 
And of course, in such a uh, great way read by Gary. Thank you so much for all your readings. It's totally amazing. Thank you. And that article really shows us that we have the dominion over whatever uh, voice tried to come that is not God. And we can only try. And thank you for saying all what you said about this is very important. Thank, thank you. you. Yes, that's, a, that's an article, Death Overcome, by Bicknell Young in the book Collected Writings. You should all know it. When Era shouted at him, and I believe it was him, mm-hmm. you, you shout back, you shouted more until he was at the bottom of a lake and he popped up. He overcame that belief. Um, and this is why it's important you do your own work, because practitioners can't do all this for you. You can lead and help mrs eddie says you teach by healing and you heal by teaching okay zary um we'll try to put you on speaker but this uh i this this wrong concept of uh practitioner is the same thing that has screwed up so many other churches having a wrong concept of jesus right yes i mean there are some you know some religions that say you know that Jesus was God. Well, I mean, really, Jesus spent a lot of time explaining to people that he was not God, <laughs> but that God worked through him. Yes. And that they could work the same that he worked if they would allow God to work through him. So, and that's why, that's, that's what's available to every one of us. This is a science, and God is no respecter of persons. Everyone can, if they want to, practice this science and live in accordance with the laws that govern the universe. But like Eustace says, it's not easy. It requires, it requires persistence, consecration. And instant, being instant. Okay, I think Zari's been trying to speak. We have- is she on speaker now? Should be. I hope Okay, so. there. Yes, you are. Okay, go ahead, Sarah. We can hear you now. Yeah, I just wanted to say that what I, uh, I'm going through something very difficult, and I'm very grateful, though, that uh, the practitioners train us how to do a lot of our own work so that we understand it. It's like uh, if we are trained and we learn how to work with these tools, then they take care of us. Uh, and I'm sure I will come much further beyond this because it is a science and the science can only work if I know how to work it. Thank you very much. And truly, that that quote from Mrs. Eddy about you heal by teaching and teach by healing, that's sort of how I feel, that this is, this is the work and this is how Mrs. Evans, she taught us. Unfortunately, I will say, to some degree with her, there was a lot of thanking practitioners and look always going to practitioner which sometimes has hung over here and and it is important when you've got practitioner help to be grateful for it i i speak i speak about it all the time about mrs evans even though she's not here gary did wednesday night it shows a humility and a yes i was helped but not to make a god out of them or just always yeah like ingrid said in the testimonies making it sound like you can't think a thought yourself without it without a practitioner sure 
So. Sure, I'm completely with you there. Thank you, Sari. But I'm also great. Oh, do. Yes, well, thank you. That's that. It's it's a dual thing. It's very important. It's a dual. Florence. No, I, I think it is the truth. What the practitioner gives, even is from the is the Christ. The truth that the practitioner gives for you to work with is the same Christ. So you work with it, but it's a, it's a matter of over the years <clears throat> or from the beginning, you know, being ready and willing to work with it. And you get used to it before you know it, it's yours to have. Yes. Yes. It's just a way. It's a way you, <clears throat> it's a way you are. And one of the things about Mrs. Evans that, that I always appreciated was, you know, whenever I called for help, she, she gave me something to do. She gave me something to read and study. And she, and she expected me to get something out of it. And this is the, you know, this is the training. This is the change of base that is required, as Miss Mrs. Eddy says. It requires a change of base. A good practitioner will help you change your base. Yeah, that, that's a very important point. She did. No other practitioner was like that. All these things, that's how I got to know prose works. I was always given things to read. I was always given things to do myself. I wasn't, she used to say, this, so lie back and receive the wonderful treatment of a practitioner. <laughs> Some quote that the luxury of a practice. Yeah, which is, yeah, thank you, Craig, yeah. but that's not how it works. You have to learn to work it yourself. And I think more so now than ever, more so now than ever. Um, I will quote again. This is something that Florence found years ago in Mrs. Eddy's, Mary Baker Eddy's Six Days of Revelation. Page 321. To Mrs. Annie M. Knott, CSD, Principal of the Detroit Christian Science Institute, she gave the warning, Mrs. Eddy, that the time might come when medical thought might be so organized that it would make the practice of Christian science almost impossible. The remedy given was not the counterpower of Christian science churches, but... When that time comes, she's predicting it. And if we aren't in it, honey, I don't know when we will be. <laughs> when that time comes, I want my students to take every means possible to make science and health available to the whole world. It's a leaven of truth. It's what's working. And right now we are, because we decided to, to have both a male and female voice reading science and health and prose works, Gary's working on science and health. Florence is working on prose works. Gary's also going to do the first edition, which is a very strong statement. We're doing all these things slowly, perhaps, or however it comes. But part of our website is to get this truth out, to get it on audio, to get it outwritten, get it in any way we can so people are going to hear it and listen. And even if they don't listen, it's it's the word of truth of God going forth and it's most important um, that it happen. So anyway. And when life gets so miserable for so many people, which it is and will, they will be receptive to the science that heals. 
and we and it's up to us to make sure that it's available and ready and easy for them to find when when they are ready to turn to it this is biblical this is prophesied this is predicted so we're we're just we're fulfilling prophecy and we have we 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 can do no other I was going to to say that um, about the work of the petitioner, um, that thank you to Plainfield because the few times that I have called a petitioner in, in my life, really, I want to do my own work, and it's been the best thing, the best way to do it, just for anyone that is listening. Even from the time I was very early in these times of the Christ, and it's been the best thing. But I will ask petitioners, can you please send me something? I want to get something and done what I'm doing, obviously, to get that progress that I need in, in the truth. And he wouldn't send it. Oh, I pray for you and this and that, you know. For decades, I didn't call any petitioners. But um, I have called a couple of times this church and I just get all this homework I love it sometimes I cannot even get to it truly but I love that it's like that it's there I have to get to it I also wanted to share that I compare this thing about calling the practitioner for everything or, or so soon uh, to like in school when someone did our homework and yes we got an A but we didn't learn anything Thank you, thank you. Yes. <laughs> no, and and we've had some people that like that. Yes, <laughs> who have you know just relied and and it, it catches up to you after a while. It mm. It really does. That's the, that's the virgins and that's the cry of the midnight hour, and that we must you must do this own work. All of this is that we do here. All this teaching and it's it's all to change your life, as Gary said, to change your your. Thought. Yes, your base thought from materiality to spirituality. Now, about the leaven of truth, last week Carrie sent me this article. I, I spoke briefly about it, but um, and I do want it in a Liberator magazine. It's called Unacknowledged, Unacknowledged Benefits by William McCracken. He's one of the great old-time workers. It was in a 1913 issue of the, of the journal. And he talks about the the little city with a few men in it and how that same, you know, one, one wise man saved the city and yet no one remembered that same man. And he says that all, and I'm talking about all the, all Christian scientists, you know, in the, in the organization or out all these early good time workers are the ones now who are really working this science the best they know how they're doing tremendous good for the world. Every right thought that goes out, how could it be otherwise? It's, it's doing tremendous work. And he says, let us imagine a world in which the doctrines and theories of false theology, the mistaken beliefs of material medicine, and the atheistic hypotheses of physical science went entirely unrebuked and unopposed. And there was absolutely no understanding of the facts of being in such an imaginary world. God was supposed to be the producer of both evil and good. 
or else evil was supposed to be a self-existing entity at war with God. Assume that the belief in the destructive power of matter was universal, and that there was no one to say nay to the atomic theory which attempts to leave God's spirit out of his own universe. It is evident that if there were no tendency at all to stem the tide of these false assumptions and mankind were wholly at their mercy, then the universe, including man, would long since have plunged headlong into self-destruction and chaos. This is what it is trying to do, people, for those of you who are struggling with these false beliefs that seem so real. It wants you to give up. And to that we say, the hell you say. The hell you say. It's not going to happen because I don't care how much it tries to scream at you. You tell it where to go. And I will probably get emails that I've been swearing, but I've not been swearing because that is the only place error has to go and needs to go. And it will go because all it can do is self-destroy itself. And it's not going to intimidate us or boss us around or get us to give up in this journey that we have to fulfill. And that's where it wants to take you. And that's, it wants to take you with, with it. And it is trying times. I mean, Florence and I both see the calls we're getting now. I mean, every day. It's trying you. And then McCracken says, William McCracken. I don't like to use last words. Mr. McCracken. Right thinking is potent, even if unacknowledged. Righteousness is a thousandfold more effective in controlling public thought than fear, greed, or dishonesty. One of those little ones, reflecting God's attributes, prepares the victory of the divine mind over the carnal mind, of spirit over matter, love over hate, life over death. No one can begin to fathom the protective power of Christian science upon the public unless he realizes the truth of Mrs. Eddy's statement, quote, all is infinite mind and its infinite manifestation, end quote. Science and Health, page 468. Don't forget what we're doing. Every right thought, our watches, every time you challenge the devil and get rid of it, you have increased in the spiritualization of not only your own life, but all mankind. This is what Christ Jesus came to do and what he did. And his legacy is forever So that is, and he goes on, that article goes on in all the ways the right thinking has, has dealt with um, all these beliefs of whether it's sin, disease, or death. Don't ever give up on this. Don't ever give up on yourself. And no, maybe you're walking through a troubled time now, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It will come. And we're not just doing this for our own personal lives. We're doing it for the salvation of all mankind. And as he said, it would fall into chaos and destruction. And the reason it works is because every right thought is true. Yes, thank you. (laughs) And all you're and 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 all you're doing is is denying a lie, an illusion. 
when you stand up to what's wrong. And that right thought has all the power of God behind it. Exactly. So you, you may not know all the benefits of your right thinking, but they are incredible. They are huge because they are all, because God is all. And it leaves no room for anything unlike God. What does Mrs. Eddy say about divine truth, life, and love? Law of annihilation. They're a law of annihilation. And what are they annihilating? Everything by God. A damn lie. And I'm not swearing because God <laughs> does damn lies. He annihilates them. <laughs> they have no place in our world, in your consciousness, anywhere. God's law reaches and destroys evil by virtue of the allness of God. I, I love that because it explains it. That's Mary Baker Eddy, No and Yes, page 30. That was the statement Mrs. Evans gave to us the day after 9-11. And I will never forget it. God's law reaches and destroys evil by virtue of the allness of God. This is how, and this goes everywhere. I see it going everywhere. Afghanistan, I hear the hurricanes coming up the coast or wherever it is. What Everything, I mean... Whatever it's telling us, the pandemic, God's law reaches and destroys this by virtue of his allness, which is what McCracken was, excuse me, William McCracken was saying. So, and I, I was talking to someone last night from Australia who was saying, well, the biggest thing we've got to handle is the media. They are lying. They are propaganda. They are mesmerizing. They say, first, this pandemic. Now we've got something else and do this and don't do that. And fear me because I'm big and I'm authoritative and I know. And again, the hell you say. <laughs> what does God say? It's, it's the red dragon thrashing itself around. And if you listen to that, then that's going to be your problem. You better turn it off and turn to your Bible and your science and health and know that truth that annihilates this. This is exactly what I quoted in Six Days of Revelation when Materia Medica seems to be so big. All right? Yeah. Listen to it. It's, it's, it's a lie, but it would mesmerize you, and you can see it on people's faces. They look totally, absolutely scared to death and mesmerized. We must hold the line. Now, uh, yes. absolutely. Now they are saying that uh, all these workers that I was talking to, they well, the company says that they have to be vaccinated. It's kind of, in other words, you want work, then bring me that paper. Yep. Uh, and and also they were saying that that they didn't even think about it. They were just telling me that they say that's the way that you're not going to die by the virus. That's how aggressive it's gotten. I couldn't believe it. I know. I know. I know it. And, you know, we have this dear new man coming to church now. And he called me the other day 
and he said, well, he works for the airlines, and he says they're telling him that he has to have his vaccination papers. And he said, and, and he's new to Christian science. He loves coming to our church. He feels the peace here. And But anyway, he said, you know, I've always relied on faith. I've never even taken an aspirin. It really made me cry. And so, but we go back to what, you know, um, Florence has read in Miscellany, what we had in our, in our liberator, it, whatever's your duty to do, you can do without harm to yourself if you have to, if it's mandatory, but still we have to fight for our rights because what all this is about is they're taking away our liberties and our rights one by one. You should at least have the choice. If you want to take it, take it. If you're or in any way and think you need to do take what do what your conscience is telling you to do, but we should have a choice in America. We've always had a choice. So. And it hasn't been really mandatory in many of the things. It's just the media makes it like it is, but True. it's not. True. They lie. You're right. right. They lie. You're right. They make it much worse than it actually is by their lie. And the numbers, too. The numbers are high cap. They've been high cap from the beginning. Thank All you. The people that right. well, this by is- these yeah, this Thank is you. not happenstance. This is all planned. The devil has a plan. Mm-hmm. The devil has been working to promote yes, the pandemia. The pandemia. Let's just know it's a pandemia. It was it was planned since two thousand eight, and people don't know it. And, and now that, they do. It's the twenty twenty one agenda. That's all true. But what the powers that the cold powers they said that every conspiracy is a lie because they don't want people to know the truth well not every conspiracy is a lie conspiracy no. real are mm-hmm. are are not lies they are the Absolutely. devil operating trying to destroy christian christianity yes yes but which is why it's essential that god guide you in everything you do. Yes, whatever it is you do. And it whatever it is you feel you have to do, know God is with you in it. And remember, remember, this is a, this is all the result of who we vote for. Well, this is all the result of who we buy from. This is all the result of who we listen to and accept. Be careful who and what you listen to and what you accept. Yes. And, and you know oh. I was going to say that the, you know how they say the lie is, what is it, in broad light? The lie is. Yes, it's in, in, right. it's in broad daylight. We, It's yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. Because the, the, I was saying this because the, the medical symbol is the two serpents. If, and people, we don't even realize it's telling us. Right there in broad light. Every medical symbol is two serpents, the two serpents right there in front of us. And, you know, I bring again uh, Adam H. Diddy, the serpent typifies evil and the snake will lie right beside the person who is awake and never touch him or her. But as soon as we fall asleep, it will, and I add, surely attack, just to be more aware. That's and it. there's a serpent right there. That's why well, you 
right, right thinking. Right thinking wins it's the day. Protection. Yes. Keep your thought in the secret place of the Most High. One thing have I desired of the Lord, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Stay with that during your day and you will be absolutely protected, happy, peaceful, and fine because that's how God has intended us to be. On one side, science and peace. So, um, And that is reality. That is what is real. Yes. That is what is true. Anything else is not true and you don't have to have it. So don't. <laughs> and, you know, in the lesson, a lot is about the light, the light of Christ, the light shining. And this is what we're talking about. Um, Christ Jesus brought that light to the darkness and the world knew him not. But that light shone brightly and it, it comes to the places of darkness. And that is why all of you must shine your light. I'm talking to people all over the world, really. And it's your you're the watchtower in that area to shine the light and not let that light go out. So, and when it t tries to tell you you're not having healings, well, then you think about all the healings you have had. When it tries to tell you you have nothing to testify, then you get up and testify. Mrs. Evans used to say, are you kidding? In one week, you don't have one thing to be grateful for? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I always remember that. We should all be ready. If you think you don't have anything to write on the forum, yes, you do. The forum goes out to bless and heal a world. There were very few. Very light this week. Very light. Yes. And dear Jasmine, that was so sweet. She's writing a thing, you know, that Christ's understanding has not come into my experience and is not my reality. I'm being 100% straight with myself and with you. Well, Jasmine, I have news for you, honey. You, you do express that Christ consciousness. My goodness. The things you've, I've never spoken to you, but the things, some of the things you've written have been that Christ consciousness. Don't ever deny your Christ consciousness. Even if you think it's the size of a mustard seed, don't deny it. You've got to plant it and let it grow. You've got it, girl. Everybody does. Everybody does. Amen. So, that's seeing the, what? how we started that's how we started and that's beholding <laughs> science the perfect man okay it's there that perfect man and it's certainly there with all of you everyone everywhere we won't deny it we'll encourage it and see it flourish so linda what did you write on the forum <clears throat> i was responding um quoting from mrs eddie science and health uh Speaking of Jesus, quote, he proved what he taught. This is the science of Christianity. Jesus, Jesus proved the principle which heals the sick and cast out air to be divine, end quote. And then in, uh, this week I came across a watch from 500 watching points, uh, 441. And it just reminded me of last week when we were talking about that you, you have to do something. You just can't float. You, you can neglect your oil. The, the idea of negligence, you have to work. And, and then in this Mrs. Eddy, he quotes Mrs. Eddy in this watch where she says that. It says, watch that you do not do your part in bringing divine power into activity in this human sense. When Mrs. Eddy was confronted by a lawsuit in 1899, she wrote to a student, quote, 
Pray daily twice at least to divine love, to give you success in this case of libel. And then realize for yourselves that love and truth and action on your part, for truth does not work for you unless you work, will give you victory. End quote. And so that's the part that I particularly love. You have to do the work. <laughs> yes, I, and she says that truth doesn't work for you unless you do the work. You know, it's not like it's handed on a silver platter and you gaze at it and say, oh, wow, beautiful. Because I think, I mean, I, I know that's what I used to think, too. Just read it or gaze at it. And, oh, my, how wonderful. That's why it's called the armchair religion. No, you have to do this work. And it's glorious work. In the lesson, it says that Jesus claimed no intelligence, action, nor life separate from God, despite the persecution this brought upon him. He used his divine power to save men both bodily and spiritually. So tell me, do you claim any intelligence? That's why, Jasmine, you have the mind of Christ. You can't claim any other intelligence but the Christ mind, because there is no there is no other. Do you claim any intelligence other than God? Do you claim any action other than God? Are you hobbling around? Are you procrastinating or inert? Do you think you have some action other than God when he is all acting and you are his image and likeness? Or do you think there's a life apart from God? That's a life you lose. Because that's the Adam dream. We all want to lose that one. You're going to lose that life. But life in God is impossible. And that's the one and only life, truly. There's only the immortal man. And he's made you right now perfect. And claim it in the morning. Your life is in God, secure in God. It's the only life there is. So the only intelligence, action, life. Nothing separate from the Father. So, any comments? All right, well, again, be that light that's shining in the darkness. Um, Carrie also, she sent me a beautiful article. And it's from um, Laura Sargent, who worked in Mrs. Eddy's home, The Fulfilling of Prophecy. And she talks about um, the light that Mrs. Eddy was, one there who stands today, because this was written in Mrs. Eddy's day in 1888, as the faithful and true watchman on the Watchtower of Zion, voicing the inspiration of the word in the language of the new tongue, which gives the true call. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him with lance trimmed and burning, filled with consecrating oil of divine love, which in its clear shining will be as light set on a stand. It's also from the Ten Virgins. She sends out myriads of rays through the darkness to guide the weary and tempest-tossed into the peaceful haven of truth. Some are hearing that voice as many waters, which penetrates the dark recesses of the heart, wakening the slum slumbering energies of thought, and with rejoicing, they are hastening to make needful preparations for going forth, while others are turning away with the response, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Uh-oh. You see, 
I remember Mrs. Evans talking about that when she'd look out at pe- people who think they can wait. I'll do it another day. I'll do it when it's more convenient. I'll do it when my kids are older or when they, you know, I've got this new house or when this or that or my, I'm retired or uh, don't retire. But whatever else you think when is more of a convenient time. Now is what? Now is what? The only time. The only time. It's a day of salvation. It's now. All of us. Now. This is the Christ and how the Christ healed. And what a wonderful example he has shown for us, as well as dear Mrs. Eddie. So can we do otherwise? And Gary's going to conclude also with an article found by... Carrie, which we think is by Mrs. Eddie. Go ahead. Yeah, this is from the 1892 journal entitled Letting Our Light Shine, Author Unknown. So it was probably Mary Baker. It was given, it says, by the pastor at Chickering Hall, and she was the pastor at Chickering Hall. She was the pastor, yes. So this is just one paragraph from this article. I quote, The great world lying in wickedness and disease is asking not so much what we preach and teach and write, but what is the inward life of those professed adherents of this so-called new faith? And this is precisely as it should be. What follows? We may install in our pulpit, pulpit the ablest preacher, one spiritually gifted and fully qualified for the work set before him. But if the lives of his listeners are lacking in the common graces of spiritual purity and honesty, his words are shorn of real force for the world at large. We may seek out the wisest and most skillful teacher, one who combines perfect understanding of the letter of Christian science with the outpouring love of spirit so that his face seems radiant with all inward grace and beauty. Yet, if the coarse and brutish tastes and tendencies of his pupils incline them to continue in their old way of living, then is his beautiful and spiritual teaching proven seed sown upon stony ground. No harvest will result, for the seed cannot even take root. Christ-like living, however, of pastor and listeners, of teacher and students, of author and readers, gives to preaching, teaching, and literature the keenness of a two-edged sword, proves also, per se, the most powerful and universal agent for promulgation of the true knowledge of God and man and thus ensures speediest possible recovery of the world from the thraldom of the senses. Then let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. End quote. Mary Baker Eddy. Yes. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.